0: Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. It always helps to be switched on, doesn't it? Yes. Now you know I'm a switched on guy. Great. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Right. Have we got um, the first slide up? I've got a PowerPoint presentation for you this morning. So hopefully we'll get some pictures up. But um, I'm going to be sharing. Well, the, talk of this, the, the title of this message is called Waymarkers. And um, the subtitle is How I Learned to Plough Straight. And um, there we go. And uh, there's a nice illustration of some, some um, ploughing. And, uh, yes, we're having, and that's my, well, that's my tractor and plow. Well, it was my tractor. I have since sold that one and traded it into a bigger one, as one does. You know, you can't resist, can you? (laughs) But you you might be able to see that if you're down near Felixstowe Docks. That's actually down in Felixstowe Docks area somewhere now, um, being used there for some reason. But that's me with a plow, plowing. And that's a, a straight furrow. Now, it's important in farming to be able to drive a tractor straight. For plowing like that, when you've got to get the furrows to match up and line, and for efficiency and for pride, because, you know, everybody down the pub will be commentating on how straight you've plowed your fields to your neighbours. And so that's probably one of the most important reasons. Now, I struggled when I was a boy, learning how to drive a tractor straight. Because no matter how firmly I held the steering wheel and went across the field, when I look back, the tractor would veer in all sorts of directions, partly because the steering on the tractor was so slack. But every little little um, indentation in the ground would, would throw you off. And... Um, oh, sorry. Wrong one. Backwards. Oh, there. So, so that's... Um, that's what would happen if it, when, I, when I just tried to hold the steering wheel straight. And my dad told me, what you've got to do, you've got to have a, um, something in the distance to look at as, a, as a, uh, a point to aim at. And I thought, great, I'll do that. And so I found a point on the, on the distant headland and I looked at that and I kept my eyes on it as firmly as I could, and I kept the steering wheel straight as I could. And when I looked back, that was the result. But, but if, you got, if you got fixed on a mark, surely you won't deviate it if you keep your eye on that mark, right? Wrong. Because it doesn't matter. Um, you now, I, I can look at Michael at the back there. And, and I can still see Michael, even if I'm over here. So, But I, I can still see Michael if I'm over here. So how do I know if I'm on the right line towards Michael, if I can still see him from one side to another? And, and, and what fixed it for me was, I don't know who it was now, but somebody told me, what do you need to do if you want to plow straight? You have your, your, your mark you aim at, but you've got to find something in the field like a little clod of earth or a weed or a stone or a little hill or something, there's always some sort of distinguishing mark that's in line between you and what you're aiming for. So you've got your line uh, as you aim for it. And then if you go off slightly, suddenly what your your way marker is not in line with your goal. Does that make sense? So you, you actually can... It's very, very accurate. You only have to be out by the slightest amount before you see that you're, you're out of line. And, and when you get to the first way marker, then you look for a second one that's in line with the first before you get to it, and then you carry on that way. And when you get to the end, you look back, and it's straight. It's simple. Now, why, why is that so important? What... what is the significance for us as Christians about learning how to plow straight. The thing is, for Christians, if we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, then he is Lord of our life, right? If he, has Lord, if he is Lord of our life, then he must be Lord of our purpose, so he has, would it be fair to say that he has a purpose for us? Yes. Yep. Would it be f- fair to say that when he saved us by grace, he had works prepared beforehand for us to walk in? Yes. So it's not up to us to decide what we think will be a good work for God. We've got to find his way. And also, does it matter how we live if he is Lord? Yes. We have to live in, in um, a way that is pleasing to him. Jesus um, in the Psalms, well, uh, the psalmist said, um, um, lead me in paths of what for your namesake? Righteousness. righteousness. So God wants to lead us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, um, acknowledge him and he will make your Paths straight. Proverbs 4 it says, Look let your eyes look straight ahead, give careful thought to the paths of your feet. Right? Even Jesus had a, a way marked for him, Mark 3:1, it says, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Okay? And in Psalm 5, verse 8, it says, Lead me in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. So we see how important having a path and a, and a way that God has for us is important. Josh, would you mind coming up, please, and helping me? So, Jesus is Lord of our life. He is the one we aim for. Can you guess any reasons why I chose Josh this morning to be an example? It's obviously just the name, but there's other aspects as well. Thank you, Josh, for, for, for being... The, yes. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. And now I want you to imagine a path here this morning that we have to walk that God has prepared for us beforehand, both in purpose and in purity. Okay? Now, Ian, can you see Jesus in there? Are you sitting comfortably? Would it be fair to say, look, I can see Jesus, but I'm comfortable where I am. I don't see why I need to move. I can see Jesus. I can acknowledge Jesus in my life. (laughs) But are you on the path that God has marked out for you? We're all seeing Jesus from a different perspective, aren't we? And so many people say, well, I, this is a Jesus I believe in. And this is How do we know when we're on the right path following Jesus? And I want to suggest to you that we have some way markers. Now, I'm going to be asking for volunteers this morning. And uh, don't be um, surprised if I'm going to ask you, because I'll need quite a few of you. But don't worry, it's a non-speaking, non-acting part what you have to do is represent a post. So my, your only criteria for qualification is you have to look good. And <laughs> I'm looking around here this morning. I can't see anyone who is disqualified. So be prepared. So the first way marker is the Word of God. Josh, can I have you come up? I'm not, I'm not even going to ask for volunteers for you guys. Okay? so you just... Uh, I want you to stand here, Josh, just a bit further forward. Turn around and, and look at the other Josh. I think, I, think it's, it, I think it's quite appropriate, actually. I hadn't realized this, but having two Joshes, because Jesus describes, is described as the Word of God, yeah. Yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So in, that, in Scripture, we find Jesus, don't we? So thank you, Josh. So in Psalm 119, it says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. Is Frankie here anywhere? Frankie, could you come forward, please? Now, Frankie is going to represent all the young people who are all young adults. Um, apologies, <laughs> young adults who are going to be going to university this morning. You've been commandeered, and okay, so get used to the extra responsibility. This is this is what you're going to be expecting from now on. Okay, so Frankie, can you just stand there? Can you see? Does the word line up with Jesus? You need to have the word in your life if you are going to follow Jesus on the course that he has directed for you. Um, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correction, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be equipped for every good work. You'll be equipped for every good work. This, then the word, needs to be part of your life and before your eyes as a light unto your path every step of the way. Okay? Um, But you will have missed it if you just look at the word, but you've got to look beyond the word to Jesus. Because Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you'll find eternal life. But these words speak of me, he said. So, the Word has to point towards Jesus. Now, we need to understand the Word and help with that, don't we? In understanding the power to live the life. So, we need, we need a representative for the Holy Spirit. Got, got a volunteer? Yeah, brilliant. Lewis, come on up. Thank you. So, can you guess where you need to stand? Behind the Word, in line with Jesus? Here. Here. <laughs> Now, Frankie, don't be foolish, right? <laughs> but understand but understand what the will of the Lord is. Yes. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, yep. okay? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So that the Spirit, and always giving thanks to the Father. So do you want to be wise, or do you want to be... Foolish, wise, Wise. so you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and do you know what the Holy Spirit does? I won't go through all the scriptures because we haven't got time this morning, but where they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, people were filled with wisdom. Do you want to be filled with wisdom when you're at college? I've heard numerous stories of students at college struggling in areas, your brother-in-law or your brother, Esther is a prime example of that. Where he struggled and, and, and he besought God and prayed and God gave him understanding in the area he was working in and now he's, he's one of the key chaps in the area of design electrical engineering and, and, yeah. and so on amazing gifts and I've heard that numerous times if you want wisdom be filled with the Holy Spirit do you want joy yes. be filled with the Holy Spirit do you want power yes. be filled with the Holy Spirit do you want boldness yes. be filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and understanding what the Word is. Okay? Because the Word isn't deceived, understood by natural men. Right. Okay? You need to understand and get the meaning. Because in university, you have natural men and women around you um, trying to undermine your authority of this Word. If, you are going to under, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll see the emptiness of what they're trying to say and the futility. So you'll need it. Okay? The Holy Spirit. But Jesus and the Holy Spirit say that's not enough. Okay? Because um, in Ephesians 4, Paul says Christ himself, right? Christ himself has given us things as way markers. Yeah. Do you know what they are? Yeah. They are apostles, yeah. prophets, pastors, and teachers. Yeah. We have a pastor here. Come on, Pastor, can you do you mind? coming up? Have we got a representative for a teacher? Anybody? Come on, Jane. Uh, Ben. No, don't stand there. Come on. Oh, dear, oh dear, oh dear. You might have to stand there later. Okay. Ben, would you mind standing there? So, um, these two will represent pastors, teachers, prophets, and apostles. What are these people? They are path showers. They show the path... Often they've been traveling on the path already, so they're learning to understand the Word. They've learned to um, uh, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They've studied the Word, and, and they have, um, have inspiration. God thinks we need these people. The Holy Spirit put gifts within the church for us. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, "...many parts given by His Holy Spirit." Um, apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, healing administrators, tongues. So, you know, we could have filled this role already, couldn't we? So this is just uh, a summary of of some of the way markers that God has placed in our lives. Don't forget, as students in college, there will be lots of people who will be challenging your faith and the reasons why you believe. I would commend you to, to... get involved with as many people who are involved in what's called Christian apologetics as you can because they have looked at these areas and found the the falseness in many of the arguments that people are putting forward against the knowledge of God and against his ways. There are brilliant people out there like like John John Lennox and Frank Turek and and other other apologists who who, who will tell you, that science and God are not a conflict with each other. In fact, the more people are finding out about science now, the more science is pointing to a creator. Yeah. And, and, and um, the naturalists are getting themselves deeper and deeper into, into um, uh, intellectual knots, trying to find a, a reason to, to come to a reason for existence that doesn't include a creator. Now, are um, there other students, any young adults here who are going off to university now? Yes? Would you mind coming up? Would you be up for that? And, and joining the, come on, come on, yes. Yeah, some of the youngest, young, youngest come on up. Come on. Brilliant. Uh, Frankie, would you like to stand back a bit further? Now, I'd like you to stand um, in line again, one or another, so you form the straight line. You can't go wrong, because all you have to do is line up with the one in front of you. Are you okay? <laughs> we should have started with the, with the shortest first and worked with the tallest at the back, but you'll get the idea, don't you? Paul says in Corinthians, we are all part of one body. So, you are part of a body, and, and uh, you need one another, okay? When you're in university, you need to seek out... Um, other people like-minded in university. Um, in Hebrews, the rite of Hebrews uh, gives a, an analogy of, of, of running a race. And, and all of Hebrews is about running this race and finding God's um, purpose in that race. And in Hebrews 10, it says, um, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So we need to spur one another on. Um, but not giving up the meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging ourselves all the more as we see the day drawing near. So we mustn't give up the habit of meeting together. You mustn't give up the habit of meeting with brothers and sisters when you're at university. So often I've heard of, of youngsters going off to university, and then I ask them, have you found a church yet? And they say, oh no, I haven't got around to it yet. And as soon as I hear that, my heart sinks. Because I know in another 12 months' time, the answer will still be the same. And in three years' time, they will have left college. And they will have walked away from the purpose of God. I'm not saying they've lost their faith, but they've lost their purpose. And sometimes they've lost their purity. And they're no longer the witness for Christ that Christ has called them to be. Christ has called us to more than just living a life; He's called us for a purpose. So, if you want to fulfil the purpose of God in your lives, do not forsake one another, meeting together one another. Okay. Now, uh, there's one here that isn't specifically mentioned in Scripture, but it, but it's pertinent, and that's friends. Okay, you'll make new friends in university. And I will encourage you to make sure you seek out friends who love Jesus. Not just people who you get on with, not just like-minded people, but friends whose first love is not you, but Jesus. Okay? And, and they're the best type of friend you will ever have in life. You are likely to make your best friends at university. Um, in Corinthians, it says, Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. The company you keep will affect the character that you live in and live out of, okay? Now, I'm not saying keep yourself separate from everybody in university. You've called, you're, called to be, you're called to be light in the university, you're called to be salt, you're called to influence. But make sure your, your closest friends, your best friends, love Jesus. And, and you'll, know, you'll know when you have a faithful friend because a faithful friend, um, it says in Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend because a friend will tell you the truth at the risk of that friendship. A friend will say, will keep your eyes pointing towards Jesus. Okay? and I encourage you, that comes, some of you will find partners in university as well, lifelong partners. The scripture tells us don't be unequally yoked, okay? Because imagine living life, going forward, you want to share that which is, which is the deepest, most passionate part of you. Do you want somebody you can share that with throughout your life? Do you want somebody who can pick you up when you're discouraged, when, when you're um, weak, to encourage you on that path, to carry on on that path? Um, when you're weak, and then you're there to pick the other one up. You know, Richard Nestor a prime example. You know, they're there. You can see, you know, that working out in their lives, and you can see others mirrored in in, in the church, obviously. So, f- make sure you, you you keep good friendships. In in uh... Now. Um... Anybody from the back, like to come forward. I can I have sort of three people from the back? Anybody from the back? Come on. Yes. Fantastic. Brilliant, Frankie, you have to move back a bit further. Brilliant. Now, in Hebrews, it talks about a myriad of saints that have run this race before us. Okay? You, haven't, you, are not running, you are not walking this path for the first time, Frankie. There, there, there are others who have gone before you, okay? So, so don't be ashamed to learn from them. Look at the lives of other Christians you know who have lived this life and, and be inspired by their lives. Look at people who have changed the world. Look at Wilbur... Wilbur well, William... Wilberforce for instance, who changed society and, 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 and spearheaded the, the slavery abol- abolition um, movement. Look at um, people like Billy Graham, look at C.S. Lewis. You know, Many people come out of university really, really inspired and helped in their Christian walk by reading the books of C.S. Lewis because he's, he's been through this journey And he's confronted all the arguments that you're likely to face in life that will be thrown at you by intellectual and other people who think. And and he's thought these thoughts before you. So there are numerous saints who have gone before you on this journey that um, have gone before you. Now, don't think. Don't think. um, Now, you've you've been... You've been in a home and you've been comfortable perhaps in this current environment and you're you're used to having your life sort of mapped out before you. It's important you now are heading off to university. You are having to have responsibility for your own life, okay? This this you see the picture up the on the thing This is what happens with a tractor that's been guided by GPS and the and the driver's fallen asleep. Don't don't fall asleep. Here's a more shocking example, right? So, so you now, as, as young adults, have a responsibility to map out your own life and, and, and um, be awake. You've got, you're in the driver's seat now, so don't rely on GPS, don't rely on mum and dad, don't necessarily rely on your current friends because they might not be there. You've got to find your new way markers. Your goal is still the same. Josh will still be there. Jesus will still be there. He never leaves us or forsakes us. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. So there you are. You see, we've got all these different way markers. And what they do? They all line up and and form uh, a path for our direction. And in Hebrews 12, we're talking about the saints that have gone before us. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race. Run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Note that. It's marked out for us already. Let us fix our eyes on who? Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who is for the joy who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of of the throne of God. There will be times at university where you will be subject to shame. You will need to look at other saints who have endured and know that you haven't walked this walk alone, okay? Get strength and encouragement from one another. But also remember, all these people who are waymarkers in your life they are healthy way markers if, if, if you're not looking to them, but, you're, but they are pointing you to Jesus. You know when you've got a good way marker in your life, because they will always point you to Jesus. They won't be the focal point of, of your attention, okay? Talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Right. Now, that's all well and good. But I just want to conclude by just tackling a couple of, of objections that uh, we might have to this analogy or not analogy but this this description here for us and I've seen this numerous numerous times uh, as people have have raised um, these two important objections one is um, I don't need the church all I need is the Holy Spirit and the word and that's enough for me and that's a dangerous dangerous trap to fall into It'll, it'll be so easy for you when to get to university to think, you know, uh, uh, there will be activities on a Sunday. There'll be distractions for you to follow. I don't need to to spend time finding waymarkers in my life. I've got the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. I've got a Bible. That's enough. So, this, so if you follow the same, if you're following the Holy Spirit, that same <coughs> Holy Spirit who said. Um, um, so I just got to my objections back to front. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Here we are. So the same Holy Spirit that has given us these gifts, you say, oh, well, I don't need the Holy Spirit, but isn't that the same Holy Spirit who's, who's given us these gifts? Yeah. I, is that the Holy Spirit you're listening to? Is it, is it the same Holy Spirit who said, don't forsake meeting yourselves together? Is that the Holy Spirit you're listening to? Yes. Is it the Holy Spirit that is unlocking the word to you? Is that, that, that says these things? Is, is that the Holy Spirit? That, that, um, because um, in Hebrews 3, it says, um, Frankie, encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. So that's daily, okay? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Don't be deceived. If we don't have these waymarkers in our life, you will become hardened. It will happen. And I've seen it time and time again. We, in our pride, think, I can walk this life without need for the church. And, and you, they end up... So often I've seen people who say that they, their lives end up purposelessness. That they don't have a purpose in their life, and they're not fulfilling it, the, God, the plan that God has called them to, to be. Now, this, this leads on to another objection that many have, and it's quite a serious one, and it's quite a sensitive one. So I don't want to make light of it, but many people, I think most people who leave the church leave the church because they've been hurt in one way or another by other Christians. And... There will always be, within a church, false waymarkers. And there will be people who are genuinely sincere but wrong. As Paul puts it, there'll be, there'll be those who want to spy out our freedom in Christ and rob us of that. There'll be wolves who'll be in the church who want to disperse and disperse the church so you, you find yourself outside the church. So what is the answer to, to deceptive waymarkers? Now, for instance, you, um, <coughs> we know this isn't true, so I don't, I don't mind asking Pastor Richard, could you just take a couple of steps out to the right? Say Richard just, just started to, to speak about how good he was and how great he was, and if you, you, know, if you finally find that his messages weren't, weren't pointing you to put your trust in Jesus, but to put your trust in, in this man. How often have we... Uh, we had of people who've put their trust in pastors and leaders in the church and have been let down by them. That, when, when that happens, could it be that we don't have many way markers in our life but one? We, you know, we fixated on one way marker. And, but can you see, Frankie? Does, does, does Pastor Richard line up with the other way, way markers? So, so if you're life is replete with waymarkers, if you start to see one or two that are out of line with the others, then it shows up quickly, doesn't it? And to be fair, all the waymarkers will be sort of a little bit skew-wiff, to a certain degree, but the the majority of them will, will give you the line. And what happens so often is when people are being hurt from the church, their way of thank you, Pastor. Can not put you back into the straight and narrow, otherwise we'll be getting, I'll be getting into trouble. So often, people's response to being hurt in the church is to remove themselves from the church. Okay. Now, what do you think is safer for you? Having no wake markers in your life, or having Lots of way markers. So if one or two are out of line, you can quickly see it, and you still have a safe path to travel. I think that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if we need to say too much more about that. Now, one of the things I learned when I was, when, when I was learning to plow straight is that um, I was putting, trying to put into practice what I was learning, and I was driving down the field, and halfway down the field... I would turn around to look to see how well I was doing. That's kind of obvious, isn't it? You want to see if you're doing. Am I doing it right? And no matter how briefly and how quickly I turned around, it prov- I, I went off course. Even if I wasn't intending to, I went off course. And um, so um, I think um, Jesus said. Uh, In Luke 9, it says, No one who puts his hand to the plow is fit for service in the kingdom. Now, it doesn't say no one who who puts his hand to the plow and turns back isn't a Christian, but they're not fit for service. If we want to fulfill God's purpose for your life, you've got to keep looking forward. As soon as you look back, you will go, of course. But I want to mention this because there is a way back. Um, John 1.9, John, um, it says, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. There will be times when you are overtaken by temptation and you will turn back. Remember Don't let the enemy say there's not a way back. There always is, okay? Always is. There's forgiveness in Christ. There will be a cost often, but it's not. um, uh, But the purpose can can be, you can resume your path with Christ. So remember that. Oh, just a little point, Have, you know, um, there's the, the story, Jesus gave the parable of, of, of the shepherd who left the 99 sheep to, to go after the one that was lost, and how Jesus went off. He'll, he'll always pursue you, even if you go off the path. And I've seen, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of, of Jesus having, having found the lost sheep, having the lost sheep around his, his shoulders, carrying, carrying him. But what that picture doesn't show you is where Jesus is carrying that sheep. Where would a shepherd carry a lost sheep? He would carry him back to the flock, back to the fold. If, if you are sincere about being right on the journey with God, you've got to allow him to carry you back into the body of Christ, into the body of way markers, and on his purpose again. Sincerity won't drive that straight to how hard you try. It was like when I was trying to drive that straight line without way markers, no matter how hard I tried, I went off course. I couldn't do it without way markers. And neither will you. So I want to encourage you, God has a purpose and plan for your life. God has called you to be groundbreaking. If you follow his purpose, he has a groundbreaking purpose for you in Christ. He wants you to leave a mark in this world for others to follow. An example. And you will do that. He has prepared good works for you, Frankie. He's prepared good works for you guys, okay? So... Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep way markers in your life. As you head off, you are going to enter your own field now. The goal is still the same, but you will need to find your way markers there. And I pray God will give you the strength, the courage, and the grace to do that. Thank you, everybody. You may go and sit down. Thank you. One, one. Ah, there we are. I tell you, I've heard that message three times, and I think that's one of the best messages I have ever heard. I've heard famous preachers that speak to thousands, but that is one of the best messages I